are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, game day and holiday, New Year's Eve, for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to have that preview in the third segment of today's show, but before we get to that, I want to take a look at what type of player do the Pelicans need to add the most. We've seen some lackluster play from starters, from the bench, but where do they really need to look first to address things? And I'll explain why it's not necessarily the easiest for the Pelicans to do that. Then that's going to lead into the discussion of diagnosing what's going on with the offense. That is a big problem. What's going on with them in the half court? I've got some of the numbers can break down a little bit better for you all. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So despite a 2-2 two and two start, which when you think about it, isn't that bad given the tough schedule that the Pelicans had to start the year. Toronto, um, Milwaukee in there as well, then the Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul. Like 2-2 two and two is, is probably about right, to be perfectly honest. And that might even be a little bit more positive. You could have easily seen a 1-3 and three start. So don't forget, they're 2-2. Two and two. It's not like they've started 0-4 and, and maybe the season's done. But still, things have not looked good for New Orleans, and that's leading to a lot of people wondering where do they need to upgrade this team because it is very, very clear that they do still need to upgrade this team. So a couple of things first. That's not easy to do. You can't just sign someone off the street. Yes, the Pelicans have a roster spot, but basically they're right at the luxury tax line. So if you sign someone to, say, a veteran minimum deal – You're going into the luxury tax, and if you don't make moves at the trade deadline that get you below the luxury tax, then you're paying the luxury tax, which means if you get into it next season, you're into the repeater tax. For this team and what they look like, it is not worth paying the luxury tax whatsoever. So that's something the Pelicans are going to be looking to avoid. So when if they make a trade, they're looking to send out more salary than they bring back. That just at, makes it a little bit tougher. You know, you're, you're immediately removing certain trades and certain things if you can't bring back more money than what you're sending out. So it could make trying to upgrade this roster a little bit difficult. But what area do they need to upgrade the most? You've heard me be exceptionally critical of Jackson Hayes, and I think rightfully so. He's been really, really bad, and he's been getting a significant amount of minutes off the bench. And you would think that could be an obvious area. Nicola Melli really hasn't given you much either. We finally saw a little bit of Hernan Gomez, but it wasn't really enough to tell m- much of anything in his limited minutes from the game the other night. Then you look at the guard play. Eric Bledsoe has been rough. J.J. Redick has not really made shots for the past three games. But you trust those guys probably to figure it out more than, say, Melly and Jackson Hayeswood, right? Like, you trust, I'm, I'm assuming, J.J. Redick to get right. Maybe you trust Eric Bledsoe less to figure it out and put it all together, but you probably have more faith that he will be a productive player than Jackson Hayes. And so that should kind of lead you to think 
that you want to upgrade that big, uh, you know, your third big or so, your fourth big and backup bench big basically to come in and give you some quality minutes there because Hayes has been bad. And when Stephen Hayes, uh, Stephen Hayes, wow, I'm combining all of them. When Stephen Adams, there we go, leaves the game and you saw it in this game against the Spurs. They had a one point lead when he went to the bench. It was a negative. They, they were down 13 when he came back in. It's a lot, right? Like that's that's a big swing, and if that's happening, you probably need to shore up that area. But you'd be wrong. You actually do need to upgrade your backcourt just a little bit, I think, and try and add a little bit more of creation. First and foremost, looking at it from the big thing, whoever you're going to add as a backup big isn't going to be that influential. It's a backup player, right? Like it's a guy that is a complementary piece that isn't going to be able to create for himself because it's a big man, right? And so they're going to rely on others to get them the ball and to be able to do a lot of the things that they do. There's a reason backup big men aren't like highly, highly paid and aren't highly influential on a team always. Like you just need some quality minutes there and maybe you still can salvage some of that from a guy like Jackson Hayes or Nicola Melli or Willie Hernan Gomez. One of the things you're going to have trouble with though, and we've seen it and this is going to lead into the next segment, is creating offense. You have Brandon Ingram who can do it Eric Bledsoe isn't getting it done right now, and he's not like a true, true point guard, I don't think, um, in terms of being an elite creator. So you're going to need someone who can manufacture shots for others. You've seen every now and then a little bit of it from Lonzo Ball, but not nearly consistently enough. And that's the area I do think the Pelicans need to prioritize. And when you start to diagnose what's going on with this offense in the half court and how bad it's been, it really kind of jumps out at you that this is something that they need. So that's the area that I think is most important for New Orleans to try and improve upon right away. And then in the next segment, let's dive into what's going on with the offense and try and hammer this point home a little bit. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's a sports lover's dream time right now. You've got the NBA in full swing, the NFL coming to a close, and then the playoffs starting, and then it's bowl season for college football. There's some games still going on with everything, including some big ones coming up uh, tomorrow. I think you might know about them a little bit once here in New Orleans too. And if you're looking to get in on the action, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that I trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. It's like you've already won a bet with the money that they're giving you just by signing up. They've got NFL games of the week, all of the bowl game lines, and you're going to see special bets and prop bets on every single night when there's NBA games going on. So there's always something to keep you glued to your TV. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Make these games a little bit more interesting and get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so what's going on with the Pelicans offense? So a couple of things here. First and foremost, they do stink. They're 29th out of 30th in terms of offensive rating in the league per uh, basketball dash reference, which differs a little bit from 
the NBA.com stat site. They are the worst three-point shooting team in the league. They're shooting 29.6% from deep. And again, we're four games in. Like one game can vault them up to 15th in the league in terms of offensive rating. That's how much volatility there is in some of these numbers right now. They're good at getting to the line. They're 12th best in the league, 25 attempts per game. The problem is they're shooting 66% from the line, which puts them at 29th. So you're kind of negating that advantage that the Pelicans actually have. And when you kind of combine that with 18 turnovers per or, uh, 18 term, turnovers per game, yeah, it puts them in a really rough spot. When you look at their shot profile, they're not really great at getting to the rim. They take a, you know, a fair amount of three-pointers. They're in the bottom third, but on the higher end of that. And they're just missing them. Like, yeah, this is kind of a recipe for disaster. This is a team that wants to get out in transition and run. They really, really, really want to get in the fast break and try and score that way because they kind of knew that they were going to be a fairly bad uh, transition team. So here's the thing. They get about 15% of their points points scored in transition that ranks them seventh it seems good right like that seems like that's a good good number ranking seventh in that the problem is they're playing slower than last year so while 15 percent of their points come in transition they're not nearly getting out in transition as much as you would like them to for them to become kind of a fearsome offense and that is a bit of a problem. We pull up the play type here so you can see some of the numbers in transition or hear some of the numbers in transition as I'm going to tell them to you. In terms of frequency of getting out in transition, the Pelicans are doing it at a bottom third clip. They're only in transition 16.1% of the time. The Milwaukee Bucks lead the league at 25% of their offense comes in that. And then when they do get out in transition, they're not particularly great um, at it. So it's all around basically a mess. It means the Pelicans are being an isolation team and they're being a spot-up shooting team. They're not good at making spot-up shots. Look at that three-point percentage, right? And isolation is just not the type of offense that you want to run in the NBA. So it leads to this being an absolute just mess for this team. Like, I don't know if there's really any other way to put it. And again, they're not getting to the rim nearly as much as you would kind of hope for this team they're having to settle for a lot of three-pointers and kind of long and medium mid-range shots which they actually hit that at a decent clip but you have zion williamson you have brandon ingram you probably want to be getting into the paint more than 24 times per game into the restricted area and scoring there it's one two three four five six seven eight nine they're in the bottom third there we go they're 21 out of 30 in terms of field goals attempted in the restricted area to kind of top it off on that they don't shoot um, really better than league average from that. So this is due to a couple of reasons. One, the shooting, not nearly as good. It was maybe a bit of a mirage last year where they were pretty decent as a three-point shooting team. Brandon Ingram seems to have grown in that. Lonzo Ball still inconsistent at times in that, but I do think he's a good three-point shooter. A lot of it really has to do with the fact that Eric Bledsoe isn't making things at a great rate. He's taking over five threes per game. He's shooting 29%. Lonzo Ball right now in the season, also 29%. In fact, they only have two guys that are shooting above 30%. Brandon Ingram, who's killing it, 42%. And Josh Hart, who's at 31%. This team is not a good three-point shooting team right now. Oh, sorry, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is too. He's shooting it. Um, he's making a third of his three-point attempts in the you know limited minutes that he's played. So 
they are, as, as I've been saying, it's, it's a mess because of all of this. All of that is going to lead to spacing troubles down low. Teams are really able to wall off the paint in your scene. Teams kind of just wall it off for both Zion and Brandon Ingram and be like, you guys want to drive into two or three defenders? Like, go on right ahead. And that leads to a lot of turnovers. And that's where Zion tends to turn the ball over when he has those and some of what Brandon Ingram is going when they're not coming out of the playmaking for him. So that spacing is actively hurting New Orleans right now. It doesn't get any better when you put Nicola Melli in there and Jackson Hayes, who both somehow don't help the spacing on the three-point, uh, you know, who make it worse on both the three-point line and in the paint because of the areas that they're standing in. So because of that, it makes it tough for the Pelicans to score in the restricted area. You also don't have creators. The only guy that is really a credible threat to do anything with the ball in his hand, other than be a spot-up shooter, and that's clearly not working for New Orleans, other than Zion too, is Brandon Ingram. Zion can get the ball and go, but there's ways to neutralize that as a big. B.I.'s got that mid-range game and a couple of other tricks in his bag, but... When you can key in on him to the degree that the Pelicans are, or that the Pelicans opponents are, it can neutralize that somewhat. He's been making the right read, making the right passes, but now teams are able to realize you can just overload the two sides to him and leave that weak side wide on open because you're not really worried about that guy killing you because New Orleans isn't doing much offensively in the half court. So you kind of load up on the strong side with everything if you're the defense, and even if Brandon Ingram passes, those guys aren't able to do much of anything and this number bears it out in some of the assist data that we have the pelicans are not a good passing team right now and that is for a couple of reasons so take a look at some of these numbers the pelicans rank 30th in assists they are averaging just 20.3 in each of their four games so when you look at some of the numbers here we can see it they're last in the league in assists um, dead last too. It's not even close. They only average two secondary assists. So those hockey assists so the pass before the assist that helped kind of create that opportunity. And then when you look at it, you know, sometimes you can be like, you know what the shots, they're not a good three point shooting team. Maybe they're getting good looks and those looks just aren't falling. So you should have a lot of potential assists in the game, right? Wrong. The Pelicans, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh worst when it comes to potential assists per game. If everyone made all of their shots, the Pelicans would have 44.3 assists per game. The San Antonio Spurs would lead the league with 53. So you're just not even creating good looks for guys and they're missing. You're just not creating anything. This is what it comes down to when I when we've talked about being a connector versus a creator. At this point, you're just making a pass to a dude. And it's not putting that dude in a position to score. And that is a big problem for New Orleans. You can probably remedy some of this with better off-ball movement. But that's only really going to work if guys are able to recognize what's going on out there on the court. And these guys don't. It's a bit of a basketball IQ problem. Now, the good news is making your shots will also help this. We talked about it in the first segment. I trust J.J. Redick to get back on track. I trust to some degree 
Eric Bledsoe getting back on track. He's not going to be this bad. I can promise you guys that much. It just, it would be such an aberration if that was the case. So if there was any team it was going to happen to, it would be New Orleans. He shot 34.4% from deep last season, 33% the season before that. The year before that, 34.7%. He's a career 33.6% shooter, and he's gotten better as time's as time has gone on for him. He's not an elite three-point shooter, but he's not under 30% bad. This should even out some that's going to help New Orleans. And at that point, he can maybe kind of find some of that spark back and become a more aggressive guy and attacker that will then create for others a little bit. Because if you're not bending the defense when the ball's in your hand, you're not necessarily helping those other guys that you're passing the ball to. And so these Pelicans, while they might make some passes, they don't do that you know, um, amazing either, but they're also playing slower. So I wouldn't worry about it. Say compared to like last year's numbers where they were insanely high, the Pelicans aren't really doing a whole lot with those passes they're making. And I think that is something they really need to try and figure out better off ball movement. will do that. Trying to make some of those threes will do that, but it probably just means a guy who is such a threat to try and score, even if he's kind of one-dimensional and that's all that he does, you probably need to add a guy like that to this roster. And it could be Nikhil Alexander-Walker who is that guy. And there were some good things going on out there on the court when he got into the game the other night against the Phoenix Suns. But you need someone like that, which means I'm going to wonder if you're going to see a bigger dose of Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the game tonight. And speaking of that game tonight, we're going to preview that coming up here in the next segment of Locked on Pelicans. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source and more people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked on Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Good follow on Twitter as well. He's the only guy that I trust on this sort of thing. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. So it's a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's going to be the return of... A friendly face or two here, particularly with Kenrich Williams coming and playing against his old team, Kenny Hustle there. And of course, you've got Steven Adams playing against his team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. That by itself is kind of fun to watch, but this should be a winnable game for New Orleans. The Thunder are one and two right now. They're fairly healthy. Um, you're not going to see Ty Jerome who's been away from the team um, with an ankle injury. Trevor Ariza likely not playing in this one. He's been away from the team indefinitely. George Hill, who was involved in the trade with Drew Holiday and that whole three-team deal um, did not play on Tuesday. I have not seen whether he's going to be out or going just yet, though he's not on their injury report, so he may make an appearance against his old team. I don't really know quite how it works. I watched this Thunder game on Thursday. They lost to the uh, Orlando Magic, kind of surprise 4-0 Orlando Magic, which it wasn't uh, the biggest surprise that they lost that game, but you kind of watch this team and they have some energy from some of these young guys who are getting significant minutes who can kind of go out and do a bunch of good things. Shea Gilgis Alexander is averaging 23 points per game for them. He's doing it in almost 35 minutes per game. Isaiah Roby had a game the other night, the center who can punish New Orleans inside 19 points per game on average. Lou Dort, he's averaging 19 points per game this season as well. Um, so they've got a number of guys who, while not star players or even like high-end starters just yet, are going to get minutes and they're going to try and make the most of them because these guys want to remain in the NBA. 
And that can spell trouble for New Orleans if you're not sound on the defensive side of the ball. You're going to be you're going to need to contain their energy. They're going to be aggressive and wanting to attack. The way you beat this team right now at least is kind of do what the Pelicans do. Form a wall down low and try and make them beat you by shooting the three-point shot. They're not a great team at that. They're shooting just 33.3%, 21st in the league from deep this year. Um, if you can limit their damage there, they're not going to be able to score inside nearly as much. But they do rebound pretty well. You're not going to get the near set of the same second chance points as that you're going to get. So you do need to make the most of each offensive possession as well. Because if you miss, you're probably not getting the ball back until at least they take a shot. And that could be a big problem for New Orleans. So this is probably going to be a good test of how do you respond to the disappointment that was Tuesday night and that loss to the Phoenix Suns. I want to see this team bounce back. I'm going to be curious to see, one, does Nikhil Alexander-Walker get more minutes in this game? They need someone like that. And do the Pelicans make a change to the starting lineup? You can argue that, yeah, you probably need to drop Bledsoe and put in J.J. Redick just for some more spacing because at times they're playing four and five offensively with how little and how tentative and passive that Eric Bledsoe is looking. I don't know if it's time for that just yet. And then with how bad the backup bigs in Nicolo Melli and Jackson Hay- Jackson yeah Jackson Hayes was, are they gonna play Hernan Gomez more? I don't think he's much of an upgrade over Hayes, but you know what? Maybe it's at least worth trying to find out. And then does Stephen Adams have a big game, the revenge game? Though I don't think he holds like ill will against any of these guys here um, and his former team. Should be a fun one. Should be a winnable game for the Pelicans. Can put him above 500, which I'm sure we'd all like to see. So enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. No podcast for you tomorrow. Enjoy New Year's Day in the college football playoff games that come with that. We'll be back on Monday with the next episode. And oh yeah, it's going to be the 900th episode of Locked on Pelicans. So thank you all for listening. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be back with you all on Monday.